Good day, fellow consciousness explorers. Welcome to the Universal Citizen Media VIP broadcast, where we discuss everything in the healing, spiritual, and wellness spectrum. My name is Dr. David Ellis, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Amir Jahangiri, and we will be discussing the science of applied spirituality. Whether you're new on the path or an adept, there is something here for everyone. So sit back, relax, and join us as we explore the real questions which you, the students of self-development, want answered. Hello everyone, this is David Ellis again from Universal Citizen Media, and today our show is going to assume a different format. We are going to be scrutinizing the honor codes from many different systems and ways of life, from different spiritual bases and whatever else. We're going to be scrutinizing them and see whether they stand up to the scrutiny. Okay, so I want to give a trigger warning before this starts. We will probably be scrutinizing the honor codes from your systems. We're going to be showing you how things have changed over time. And we're going to be going system by system from the very simple to the very complicated. Okay, and so what are honor codes? There are ways of conceiving of morality, ways of seeing the society or seeing the world in a way that you interact with people on the basis of their highest good and your highest good. Okay, like an example, the Ten Commandments, that could be an honor code, so to speak. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be scrutinizing the hell out of them. Okay, and we're not only going to be doing religion, no, we're not going to be doing metaphysics, we're going to be doing everything. How you behave is extremely important. And so, Mary, you want to chime in here? Um, ladies and gentlemen, my warmest greetings to you. Uh, thank you so much for your valuable time and being here with us. So, David and I are going to examine honor, all that is uh, described uh, with honor, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm. And let's see how these um, uh, forms of morality or moral codes have uh, emerged, how they've evolved, and how they've made it to the current day. And let's see if they are relevant in the 21st century. Uh, let's see if we can pick them apart and find those that are actually still useful and valuable. Try to get rid of the rubbish that belongs in the past. Isn't that the truth? And Amir, I have to say before we even start, I'm a little bit confused because I've been through many different honor code systems. I've been exposed to many of them, like yourself. Once you start learning, you're going to be exposed to different um, people's concept of how the um, concept of behavior and honor operates. Okay. And so now the first system I want to examine is the Bushido code of the Japanese samurai. I personally have patterned a lot of my life based on that because it's the first um, established honor code apart from the Ten Commandments that I, I um, have encountered because I learned martial arts at an early age. And so we're going to go through it. So the Bushido code has seven parts to it. For those of you who don't know what it is, um, a lot of you would have done martial arts. Um, martial arts is not taught the same way it was taught back then. People don't learn the philosophy. They just learn to beat people up. That's since the advent of the ultimate fighting championships and so on. So martial arts is not the same as it was back then. But if you did learn martial arts back then, there, was, there were lessons to be learned. And the least important of them was learning how to kick and punch or grapple as the case may be. And so I'm going to, off the top of my head, go through the seven principles of Bushido, and I will do a little bit of a scrutinizing of it after the fact. So Bushido literally broke down as the way of war. But when they say war in Japan, they don't necessarily mean war against someone or something. Okay. The word war refers to the way you approach adversity, adversity, okay? So a lot of people, um, when they hear the word Budo, they say, oh, it's the, it's the, the means or the, the way of war. And they're thinking in terms of um, killing somebody on a battlefield, it actually isn't. 
what it is is the way you approach adversity that's the point of it okay so a lot of people have been in martial arts they have a very pretty sounding system budokaido okay okay so what that translates to is the way of spirited warfare that's what it translates to it doesn't translate to um the way of using weapons as an example so let's go through the elements of bushido and i will scrutinize after chugi means loyalty so if you were a samurai back in the day loyalty was everything if you are part of an armed um militia nowadays it doesn't matter whether you're part of the u.s army or whatever else loyalty is everything loyalty to your fellow soldier loyalty to country loyalty and so in today's world that is like an option for most people right right loyalty is not something that people adhere to whether they're in relationships with other people such as the cheating phenomenon or whatever else whether they're in a relationship with a company and whether they're in relationship with each other if you are a spiritual person and an esoteric person loyalty should be a staple in your diet you should eat live defecate loyalty every day all day seven days a week loyalty is important because out of every other virtue i'm going to say here today loyalty is absolutely expressed because it's one of these virtues where you can look at the person's interaction with other people and see that that person is either loyal or not and that person must have some kind of character if it is that they understand the concept of loyalty okay ray ray has to do with your ability to process interactive to be polite okay to be polite to have manners once again all of these articles that we're going to be talking about we're lost society is losing a lot of honor it has lost a lot of honor so your ability to be loyal to someone is important but also your ability to have manners under all circumstances so the current phenomenon as an example would be an example of lack of this virtue manners when you meet somebody it doesn't matter what the situation is you that person could be a beggar on the street you bring that person as much dignity as you would bring the queen okay and so that is being lost and so to the samurai back in the day if you did not have manners you were worse than a dog on the street okay so we're going to get into that we're just going to move on gi right that is duty okay so i gotta ask you guys how many of you have um, spoken to your parents or assume some kind of duty for your parents duty is an important construct especially duty to your children as well there is a phenomenon nowadays that kids will look after themselves you just have to protect them and pad them enough right no part of your duty as a parent is to teach your kids guess what an honor code so they don't grow up to be you know karen's <laughs> <laughs> Right, and we move on. Makoto is truthfulness. And now when we're speaking about truthfulness in Samurai Code, we're not only speaking about truthfulness when it suits you. So if I ask you a question, like how do I look in this outfit? You must utter the truth. You may be compassionate, but you gotta utter the truth. David, you look bad in this outfit. You need to change it because I realize that there's a fine line right now and it's happening in the coaching communities where people literally lie to their clients. It's become a fad now and they, they lie to the clients under the guise of it's compassionate not to tell them. Hard or harsh, harsh stuff. Yeah, you're not going to find this on this broadcast because we don't play games here. Okay, the truth is the truth, and you must speak the truth in open air. Why is it important to speak the truth? Because when your wife rolls up to you and says to you, do I look fat in this dress? 
do I look bad in this dress? And you are busy weighing in your mind. Mm, if I say not so much, it'll be used against me of some kind. You can be compassionate. You can absolutely be compassionate, but speak the truth because you will be respected for it, if anything else. And the fear of speaking the truth for loss of money, loss of wealth, or whatever else in today's cancel culture is killing society. It absolutely is. It is absolutely killing society, right? Uh, Mayo means literally honor. What does honor look like? We've had these kinds of discussions before. What does it look like? Well, let me explain what honor looks like to you. One, it is that you honor your friends. There is a reverence that you have between you and the friend. Respect, honor. Like Ray, it's respect. So when you meet someone, you bring them the honor that they deserve. Especially when you meet somebody that you don't know. Assume that that person is deserving of honor. Okay. Um, there is yuhu, which means courage. That's the next um, virtue that they subscribe to. And what courage or bravery looks like. It looks like not being afraid. So Amara, you and I have been doing this, this show. We may have pissed off people. Not afraid. Okay. Every day that I do this show, we're streaming to Facebook right now. I will burn Facebook any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Not afraid of being banned from Facebook. Not afraid of being put into Facebook jail. I'm not afraid of YouTube. I'm not afraid of any of these entities. You want to know why? Because they need to be called to task for what they're doing. So a lot of people, a lot of you practitioners out there, Y'all think twice because you think um, I'll be in Facebook jail and I won't make as much money and so on. And that's the hole that they have over you. You are a slave to the system. Okay. So courage and the, uh, and the willingness to say the truth, to speak directly, whether or not it is received or not, is very important in life. And guys, I, I can't stress this enough. You might say, well, David, you don't have to care, or whatever the case may be. I got kids to feed and so on. Um, okay. Do you realize that you are being led by your fear? Okay. The last on our list is something called Jin, which is compassion. You can absolutely say the truth. You can absolutely approach people with truth. And I must say that compassion is a very important thing because... Um, that is also being lost in today's world. We did some show, a show a few days back where Karen went into a um, gas station and was railing on this child. And I said, why are you harming this child? To the individual. And that person is not demonstrating compassion. People will make mistakes and you have to be compassionate to people as a system of virtue. And I'll tell you why that is, because you would like compassion showed to you when you make mistakes. And so these are the seven principles of Bushido. I'm gonna let Amir speak, and then we're gonna um, really um, get into this. Go ahead, Amir. Oh, wow, what a, what a crash course in the whole culture. Wow, that was incredible, David. So yeah, my, my hat off to you, that was beautiful. Thank you so much for that. So now looking at the, the seven principles, loyalty, manners, duty, honesty, honor, courage, and compassion. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems that these are universal mandates, not just in our species. Correct. In every species that live in a group, a pack, a herd, a flock, there needs to be some sort of an order for that gathering to survive. So therefore, it's a matter of harmony, the highest good of the individual and the highest good of all. Correct. And we can see this in nature demonstrated beautifully when a flock of birds just change direction, the mesmerizing, incredible patterns they create in the air. Mm -hmm. That is honorable. That is beautiful. 
So it each is. bird respects the space of the bird around it, right? So that's kind of moved into human society and it's turned into uh, rules and um, structures of how one must conduct themselves. So it's very important. Loyalty means that you're accountable. People can trust you. They can rely upon you. Again, that's causing ease for everybody else. They know you're there no matter what. Mm-hmm. The absolute opposite is um, disloyalty, uh, breaking faith. It just causes so much pain. So again, for the greater good of all, it's not good. It's going, that pain is going to reflect on the individual that's disloyal. It's not going to work out well for them either. Mm-hmm. Manners, oh my goodness. Is there any better way of avoiding conflict, unnecessary conflict and hardship than manners? Yes. It doesn't matter who you come across. If you treat them respectfully, give them the manners that is the right of every human being, it is very likely they're going to reciprocate. The opposite is true. You're rude to the wrong person, they're going to harm you greatly. You may be adding that straw that broke the camel's back. Then they're going to lash out on you. Well, you're not as guilty as what they're doing, you know. And then comes the matter of fear. Fear repeated twice in honesty and courage. Fear is the killer. It is the greatest limitation. If you shed it, you will grow boundlessly. So with honesty, you say the truth. Maybe, you know, sometimes people won't like it immediately. But eventually they'll be grateful. Because what is more valuable than the truth? If you have truthful information, then your decisions and actions are going to be based on correct information. You're likely to go to the right direction, fix the problem. If you have distorted information, think of a system. Rubbish in, rubbish out. Yes. Unless by chance you get it right. And uh, compassion. Oh, well, that's, that's a big one. Uh, with honesty and compassion, you may choose to be silent. But when you speak, it must be truthful. Truth is likened to a sword. And you must be very careful how you wield this weapon. Because it can cut through darkness, but it can also cut through the heart. Mm -hmm. So there's a good way, a compassionate way of being truthful. So with the example of uh, uh, a lady asking their partner, their husband, do I look fat in this? Well, the best answer would probably be, I love you exactly the way you are. You are incredibly beautiful. If you give a yes answer, yeah, your, 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 your ass looks fat. Okay, that's, that's not compassionate. And it's going to cause trouble in the relationship. So again... <laughs> <laughs> with, okay. with honesty, compassion must be included. Absolutely correct. And here's the thing, guys. This code was developed by people who were the most fierce warriors that the world yeah. has ever seen. Okay? And they still had all those things on board. Okay? Back in feudal Japan, if you heard that the samurai were after you, you had a problem. You had a major problem, but they still were able to create this, this system, this code of honor. I said, I made a reference to martial arts and it's not being taught the way it is with this UFC that has taken over um, the martial arts spectrum. But what used to happen was that we had a little bit of an honor code inside the martial arts clubs and so on. And so I'll give you a few examples of what I'm talking about in my time. I have seen parents go to tournaments where their kids are part of this tournament, right, Amir? And the kid is matched against a bigger opponent who is more advanced. So you'd have like, uh, in terms of the Yudansha, the belts, you'd have like a white belt matched against somebody who's like a brown belt and who's bigger and stronger than him. And the parents would lose their mind. It's unfair, it's unfair, it's unfair. I want to explain something to you guys. There's a reason why we do that. Because we know the kid is going to lose. 
But guess what lesson he learns in that instant, in that very instant? Guess what lesson he learns? We know that that individual may lose that battle, but it's your willingness to face adversity, which is being tested. It's not about winning or losing. It is your willingness to face adversity. When that child grows up, that child is no longer a child. If he goes through that lesson, that child is a force of nature. You will bring a lion into, into whatever environment the child will say, yeah, I'm fighting that lion. Yes. And that attitude that that child develops to face adversity is what is being tested in that instant. That's why the unfairness, perceived unfairness happens. Just so that we're clear. So you guys have to understand that it's this is not just a, a, a talk on winning or losing. I'm trying to explain to you guys how um, the honor codes work, even when they seem counterintuitive. Because you're thinking the child learns unfairness. The child learns to rise to the occasion of every adversity. And that lesson, once it's learned, can be applied to anything in life. Okay? That's, that's beautiful. So it reminds me of, uh, you can now, nowadays find videos of uh, house cats holding their own against lions, tigers in a zoo. Correct. They, they actually intimidate the tiger. The tiger backs, backs off, doesn't want to risk getting clawed in the face or the nose. Look, it's a um, beautiful lesson. When I, when, I was, when I was more active in the martial arts, I used to, there was a story, a Zen story that is being told. Samurai were very feared. Okay. This, there's the story of the swordsman and the tea maker. The tea maker makes tea. Swordsman rolls into town, and the tea maker who makes the tea accidentally spills the tea on the samurai's armor. That is a great insult. The samurai says, Well, you're going to die because you have insulted me. And he tells the tea maker that at sunset he is going to duel him well this man is a skilled swordsman the tea maker figures that he's going to die okay the same lesson that i just said is being is being taught here let me tell you what a tea maker does the tea maker goes home and says goodbye to his family and his friends swordsman meets him at the edge of town at the uh, at sundown and the swordsman has to turn and go away you want to know why the look in the tea maker's eyes is uh, the look of a man who already is already dead. And the, swords, the swordsman has a choice. Win or lose, you're still going to lose that battle. And this is a lesson that you guys don't seem to understand. When you are facing Facebook or the powers that be, systems of domination and control that threaten you with your livelihood and so on, win or lose, they have to understand that they will still lose. But if you capitulate, you cry and you bend your knee to organizations that do this sort of technomancy oppression, then what happens is that you guys are just becoming slaves. Yes, absolutely. And so learn a lesson from the tea maker. The big man with the sword does not have any power. So with, with the example of social media, so one of, the, one of the principles was courage. The courage to speak the truth and not self-censor. Maybe Facebook or YouTube or some other social media platform will ban you for a month or whatever. Correct. But the people hearing what happened will, will basically honor you. So again, for saying the truth, for mm -hmm. being the person who had the guts to speak what everybody else was afraid of saying. Correct. You can't put a value on something like that. I would rather know a million people like that than mm -hmm. one person who capitulates. Yep. yep. Cowards Absolutely. die a million times before their death. They do. Yes. Yes. So that was the Bushido code. And we move on. <laughs> Let's look at it, the witches. It's going to be difficult to top that, David. I mean, like, like everything that's, that the Japanese do, their culture is uh, based on moving towards perfection Correct. continuously. So, yeah, that is going to be a hard, hard, hard thing to top, no okay. matter who, who comes next. 
let's try okay. the, sec uh, uh, the the next um uh, the witches read for those of you who don't know what the witches read are they are witches who've been practicing for years who don't know the witches read the witches read is and it harm none do what thou wilt as long as it harms no one do what you will now that's kind of broad and vague my my problem with it is that it's broad and vague and you're dealing with people okay so as long as it harms no one do what you will theoretically that sounds okay but how do you define harm exactly and when do you when do you put the line that when do you put your foot down because it's like a ripple in a pond it just keeps going and going and what if um the individual harms you as in the case of self-defense how does that work exactly so where does do no harm come in that's a problem <laughs> you see so i tend to I, I like its simplicity i do because in a perfect world as long as it harm none um, do what you will but in today's world it becomes a little bit more complicated uh it becomes more complicated because not doing any harm could actually make you pray for some predator exactly yes that 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 kind of negates the self-protection self-preservation principle correct um, it does so funny enough uh, in the witch's uh, code of honor they say do no harm but then in the left-hand path before that number one is self-preservation is the law self-preservation is the law the whole of the law actually <laughs> self-preservation is the whole of the law right <laughs> i believe that <laughs> that's the exact um, quote so let self-preservation be the whole of the law right and so what that means <laughs> in the left-hand path is that as long as um your action preserves the self it is a right action any action that promotes and preserves the self is a right action but in the witches read that is as long as it harms no one meaning that um you can't harm anyone but amir remember salem remember the witch trials aye, aye, aye. like all over the world yeah. yeah they were busy trying these oh my god my catholic people wow they were busy suppressing women right that's what the witches trials were about the thought that a woman could actually be metaphysically on par with them burdened their mind to such a degree that they went about executing women left, right, and center for witchcraft. And these people weren't even witches, so to speak. These people were like healers, medicine women, and so on, uh, right? Shamantic people. These people were not witches in the purest sense of the word, okay? Correct. Which brings me to the problem of why didn't they put them in their place okay because they were uh, uh, these people were very skilled they may not be very skilled in warfare but they were very skilled at poisoning you from a many like a million different ways right and out of all the deadly skills poisoning would have to be right up there with fear okay when you are afraid to walk outside your house when you're afraid to drink water when you're afraid to eat food it is the worst it's, it's worse than death it plays it's, on your mind oh so, yes absolutely yeah. the witches back in the day had they decided to put up a resistance it would have been a formidable one the people in the witch trials they had knowledge on fleek of herbs and uh or different kinds of herbs and so on these are the people that they killed the people that were healing people okay they weren't killing um, people who were consorting with um, Satan and so on. They were killing literally shamanic people. Yep, Why? Because people right. believed in them. And they wanted people to believe in Jesus, but not really Jesus. This is intermediary, the Pope and all his little cronies and so on, right? And I'm going to say this out loud. I don't really care who I offend with regard to that thing. Um, it, they were a bunch of hoodlums, all of them. Okay. So, so David, I've got an interesting question now. Just came me. to my mind. The people who were actually performing the, the burnings of these women, mostly the majority of them being innocent, 
or torturing people through the, say, Spanish Inquisition, mm -hmm. I suppose they had some sort of warped sense of honor. They were probably believing that they're doing the honorable thing. You know, thank you for that. Thank you, first of all. The Ten Commandments, which is what they're supposed to be following. Yeah. I, I seem to remember there's a commandment that says, thou shalt not kill. <laughs> I seem to remember that there's a commandment that says, thou shalt not kill. I have a problem, okay, with the Ten Commandments. That code seems to be the most aberrant code that is being utilized everywhere. It's like an option. Thou shalt not kill, but they're worshiping graven images, so off with their heads, right? And I'm like, seriously? Seriously, thou shall not kill, but these these are adulterers. So yeah, we gotta we, we gotta deal with them. What the hell? Somebody please in the comment section, please. I'm begging you guys. Tell me how does this work? Because I don't know. You have any ideas about this, Amir? Yes, yes, yes. There's a subtle difference that the laws of God quote-unquote God, are being replaced by the, the laws of the church. Mm. So that subtle difference, now whatever the church says or the Pope says, now that becomes law. Forget about what, what quote-unquote God said that don't kill. Pope says go kill. We got uh, a thousand years of crusades. For the life of me, I could never understand how you could look objectively, read your Bible, so to speak, and then come up with this idea that this is a good practice, this, this code. This code is not, even in the Bible, they're breaking the code, okay? So you got worshipers of the calf across there and God is sending his messages to wipe out everybody. That is counterintuitive. Somebody has to explain that to me. All of these religions have this, 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 this undertone of major violence running through them, right? Yes. Right? And I, I I do have a a problem with with that because if you if you if you're going to to say that this is an honor code thou shall not kill that means everybody yeah it doesn't mean the people that you like yes and and yet we have faiths that in fact don't have that commandment of not kill and they don't fact, do it and they don't do it and in fact they're encouraged to kill. And being promised many rewards for killing the enemy of the faith, so um, that's that's a problem. It is a very so big problem. It and it's and it's resulted in so much bloodshed throughout history. It is, which is why when you're looking for an honor code, please, I'm begging you guys, don't rely on religion. Trust me, it's a bad idea. Don't rely on religion as an honor code. Or a code of morality. There are too many loopholes which people utilize. Okay. Be merciful except to the infidels. Number one. Thou shalt not kill. But you see all these people that are breaking the commandments, including thou shalt not kill, just so we're clear. Kill them. You know, these are the kinds of things that I look at and, and I'm like, like, what what is the um the, the quote um from Hinduism as an uh, as an example to be peaceful but if somebody takes your land yeah we're killing all of them yes okay um, you know you know David it's funny then the the justification becomes labeling a group of others either they're labeled infidels or they're labeled servants of the devil uh, or they're labeled subhuman, or they're labeled something else, just justify, because people who are going to be doing this will have the same question. Doesn't it say, doesn't it say, you shall not kill, thou shall not kill, so how come? So, oh no, these guys are the other. These guys are the, the bad ones, the dirty ones, the nasty ones. It's okay to kill these guys. I don't, I don't get it, like, like seriously. Um, so yeah, the religious codes, I'm going to just put all of them into one category and schedule them for deletion in my mind, because that is not a, an auto code that you want to respect. If it has those loopholes, everybody is safe, except for those people that don't believe in what you believe in. Okay. 
which brings us to the philosopher's moral code, right? The golden rule. Hmm. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's the golden rule, which means if you don't want it done to yourself, don't do it to other people. Very simple. I actually like the basic bottom line of that moral code. Just so we're clear, Amir, we're going to deal with this in another broadcast, but let me explain to you. Just so we're clear, in today's, this is what our system of law and government was based on. That is the, the root of it. Okay, Hammurabi based his system on this rule called the golden rule. If you don't want something done to you, don't do it to others. So if you don't want to be disrespected, don't be disrespectful to others. If you want to be told the truth, tell the truth to others. If you if you don't want violence done to you, don't bring violence to others. Simple rule, all encompassing. That's what our Western civilizations system of law and government was based on. Now, in the last few years, all of these governments are, are issue, issuing a new moral code. You want to know what the morality code is? The morality of John Stuart Mills. I'll explain. John Stuart Mill says that the most moral and good action, the most honorable action, is the action that serves the greatest good, meaning the greatest amount of people. That's what they're trying to usher in to our society right now. So as an example, if it is determined that a course of action is in the greatest good, I can negate anybody else's rights. Nasty. It's nasty. So, yeah, absolutely. Tying, and then tying it back into the Bushido code of honor, stepping upon even a few is highly dishonorable. Exactly. It's, it's, you, can't, you can't claim to be honorable and morally righteous if there are exceptions to your morality, it's either you are or you're not. This is one of those cases when it's a zero or a one. You can't go halfway with it. You either have manners or you don't. Correct. You either have honor or you don't. Yeah, it's not a halfway. So our system of, of law and government is supposed to be based on the system of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That was the basis of our systems which meant guys what that means is that anything you would not like don't do it to other people there are a lot of groups out there preaching hate you wouldn't like anybody to hate you for no reason whether it be skin color whether it be i don't know what else is there to hate people for and this is why we rail against certain groups if i david and i want to say this and i want to give you all a moral conjunct a conjunction here if i say to you guys I hate the devil. I'm in league with the devil then because the devil is all about hate. If I hate left-hand path practitioners, I'm in league with them then. Let me explain to you, when you make those kinds of judgments and value judgments, you have a problem. The problem is that you are doing something you wouldn't like done to you. And so this is what we're supposed to be based on. I actually love the golden rule because it's simple. It's easy to understand. It's easy to understand. And if you go by the golden rule and you keep it at the top of your head, it doesn't. you don't have to be an intellectual. You don't have to be particularly trained and so on. Once you keep that rule at the top of your head, you can absolutely develop the kind of ethics and etiquette that are um, superior. Now, how many of us keep that rule at the top of our head? That's correct. But so, so another thing arises that what one wants done to them, this would change from age to age. Correct. So, for example, let's go back to the samurai. If they were defeated in battle, the honorable and compassionate thing would be to give the defeated enemy a clean death. Mm -hmm. You would honor them by cutting their head off. Mm -hmm. Now, you may think, oh, my God, that's awful. But the guy sitting there kneeling, waiting for his head to be chopped off, was grateful to his opponent who is extending this honor to them. 
because in that time, in that culture, bravery and dying with courage and um, valor was highly, highly prized. Correct. So by doing this action, well, the guy's going to die anyway, but doing it in this manner with the etiquette, with the manners involved, would, would save face for the defeated um, warrior's family. The son would say, my father died with honor. They wouldn't be shunned from society. Correct. So again, you know, that kind of uh, extending um, manners and um, sort of uh, honoring your enemy, even your enemy. In, in the culture, and I'm really sorry, honestly, Amir, that um, the philosophy of martial arts is not being taught as it should be anymore. Your enemy in those circumstances is your best friend. Okay, now that seems counterintuitive to most people. Enemies are enemies. No, your enemy is your best friend because your enemy has shown you something about yourself that you would not have gotten from your closest friend, your family, your loved ones, your wife, your husband, whatever else. Your enemy show you things about yourself that you don't get from anywhere else. And so the Japanese understood this concept, which is why it's part of the honor code. On top of which, the shame of defeat in something was something not to be tolerated in Japanese culture. So you had to face even death with some kind of bravery. So once again, I go back to the example of the little kid who is small and with the white belt fighting this brown belt who is like bigger and stronger than he is. The willingness to step into that ring, to step onto the mat, and face whatever is in front of you, whether it be a brown belt who's bigger than you, whether it be a lion, whether it be a dragon. The willingness to do that has built something inside that child that will never come back out. Okay. And so a lot of people don't see the subtleties of honor. They don't see the subtleties. They don't see what it does to people. Now, what it was that we were starting this um, broadcast and so on, Amir. I think we spoke about it like four years ago. And I said to you then that I wanted people who are real people. Let's talk about that for a moment. Just so that we, what is a real person? A real person is someone who has actually seen the adversity, not shied away from it, and still is here to tell the tale. Win, lose, or draw. A lot of people think that success is winning. If you are successful as a spiritual person, that doesn't mean that you've won everything, that you've manifested a million dollars and that you're living the life and you have all the bling and so on. That's not what it means. If successful as a spiritual person means that you have learned discipline, honor, manners, kindness, compassion, a sense of duty, and most important above all else, loyalty, which oof, even in this community is very much lacking yeah very rare thing and you know what comes into play is you may be victorious in a conflict but you will not dishonor humiliate and disrespect your vanquished enemy correct you've won there's no need to rub salt in the wound there's no need to kick them while they're down which is why we have a serious problem with cancel culture I have a serious problem with cancel culture and woke culture because it comes with the spirit of vengeance and spite. And I have said I have railed about this in various broadcasts. Guys, if you are spiritual, if you are into spirituality, how can you be supporting this nonsense? Okay, because the truth of the matter is like, I'm here, you're from Iran, I'm from the Caribbean we are different races and so on uh and so on if somebody doesn't like me as an example for my skin color okay that is that person's choice okay if me and this individual gets into a conflict it is a matter of honor okay let me tell you what i wouldn't do let me tell you what i would not do if that individual has a business that that individual woke up every morning nurtured that business, went out of his way, took loads and stuff, burnt the midnight oil, 
to nurture that business. And that individual may be racist because of whatever issue that he has, mental issue. I am not taking his business away from him. I'm not doing that. This would be a me and him thing. Yes. This would not be me going to look for a bunch of people to boycott this man's business. That is wrong. Yes. So again, going and back to the, yeah, to, the, to the issue of do no harm. Well, you, you probably will harm the person, but you're harming the employees. You're harming the, the person's family, the employee's family. So you may be taking down hundreds of people just to get at one person. That is no. highly, highly immoral. This is why I, I have a serious problem with cancel culture, because it does not see what it does. So an individual has a business and has made a nasty comment, whether it be to women, whether it be to the Jews, whether it be to the Blacks, whether it be to the Indians, uh, made some sort of stupid comment many years ago. And you're going after that individual and you're trying to destroy their business and you don't see the harm that you are causing to everybody because you all jacked up on your righteousness. If you are going to do something to uh, a punitive to that individual, let it land on that individual by themselves. But a lot of people don't see these things. And so I don't even know if cancel culture and woke culture operate on any kind of moral code. They, they, they pretend it's like a false code that we're yes. bringing social justice. I never understood the concept of social justice. Justice just is. There is no yes. such thing as social justice. There is justice or there is no justice. Uh, a lot of the time, David, these kinds of movements are uncontrolled rage disguised as righteousness. There's no filter, there's no thought pattern. It's just let's get them. Let's get them and destroy them. All right. So God helps somebody who gets labeled in the wrong side of things. There's a whole group of people who don't really care what was done, what was said. Mm -hmm. Seriously, when it comes down to it, they don't care about the victim. They don't care about the perpetu uh, per uh, person who's done it. Mm -hmm. They just want to let out their rage and feel mighty and powerful by destroying somebody, by ganging up on them. Yes, that and that happens on social media all the time. So I want to speak to the, uh, um, those of you who go on social media and make negative comments to people or make negative comments on people's posts and stuff like that. Are you guys really thinking? Really? I highly doubt it. And they don't use their real name, no picture. No cowardice. If I had one wish in my life, if a genie just, well, not a genie, not a gin. No. <laughs> if I had one, one wish in my, in my life, I would remove anonymity on the net. Yeah. If you are going to make a statement on the net, Back it by your true self, or else you are a coward. Yeah. By your true profile, let it be known that I, David Ellis, feel this way, or I, John Doe, feel that way. Don't make fake profiles. Put stuff on the net and say, oh, I've said my piece. What is that about? I Look, I have never slowed. We are in trouble in today's society. We have cowards running everywhere. We got insane people running everywhere. You want to make a, a, a false profile? We have people um, even in this community. Okay. Um, there's a lady who I um, um, speak to online. Her name is Cheryl Harris. All right. I want to shout out to Cheryl. Cheryl says what she thinks all the time. But I have seen that um, Cheryl is not received very well in the community. And Cheryl, if you're listening to this broadcast, I want to tell you, keep doing that shit, sister. Seriously. Because it's refreshing to me specifically when I see someone speaking exactly what is on their mind, whether it is received well or not. And so I, what I want to say with regard to um, people generally and so on, is like this concept of, of, of hiding, hiding to speak. That is, there's no, there's no honor in that. 
Exactly. You make a fake profile, you leave some nasty comments on somebody's page, and then you run away. If I had one wish, I would remove anonymity, which means that if you make that comment, everybody knows it's you. So going back to the Bushido code, making a false profile and attacking somebody, this would be like hitting and injuring somebody who's completely tied up. They've got no way of getting back to you. So it, 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 it breaks the code of manners. It breaks the code of bravery. Uh, it is dis dishonest, yeah, dishonorable. It's disrespectful. It's cowardly. And it's incompassionate. It's devoid of any compassion or forgiveness. So it's breaking every single rule. It's a, just a highly dishonorable act. To, to, to hurt somebody who has no way of getting back to you, you know there are no consequences. You know, it is the worst of humanity manifest in this form. It is, it is. And so for those of you who are listening to this broadcast, we want to bring a few pointers to you as to how to go about uh, elevating yourself. If it is that you are no longer operating on an honor code, let me just explain a few things to you before we continue, because there's something that I missed here. There seems to be a code in esoterics. It's a, it's a recent sort of thing that says that look out for number one first. Yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. That the setting of boundaries and so on. I, I, I have a, you have to set boundaries. But this is what I've been seeing. People are putting themselves first in such a way that they are actually dishonoring other people. So as an example, people who go to these courses and so on, where they said, um, where they say, put number one first and set your boundaries and so on, they hear it in their head. And they said, well, you know what? I'm taking care of myself. So I have three kids. And I'm going to go on a trip to Italy and leave them high and dry. Guys, that would be wrong and dishonorable. Just so we're clear. Because your kids didn't ask to be there. So I understand that you have to set a boundary because you have to take care of yourself, self-care. Within reason. Within reason. Self-care doesn't mean I'm going to pick up leave my kids high and dry and go on vacation yes what it means is that i will create the space so that i can heal so i can the re... the point of self-care is not only for you self-care means that you are you are giving yourself the space to heal and recuperate so that you could provide further service to other people who you are obliged to by fact of the commitment that you made to bring them into the world as an example to care for these people i have seen a lot of this in my practice where people take this concept of self-care and they warp it to such a degree that people don't even they, they don't care about anybody else anymore except themselves so be careful with that yes. so this would be taking self-preservation flipping it on its head and turning it into something aggressive yeah self-care yep to the neglect self-care i want all the resources so i'm going to cut this that this and that and this person and that person no matter what i'm number one right that's that's flipping it on that its head exactly what a left-hand practitioner would do yeah it's it's, it's bastardizing the concept of self-preservation so again there's something of uh, behaving righteously, honoring your duties, sticking to your word and your commitment. So self-preservation and me being number one is not allowing anybody to harm you with their bullshit. But in the same way, it doesn't mean that you can harm others with your bullshit. Correct. So it has to be kept at a neutral, logical state. You can't exert aggression and harm to others just because you're number one. Well, that's exactly having no moral code, having no honor. Yeah, it's a free for all. But for those of you who are interested in raising your level, I would highly suggest you don't make it complicated. Start with the golden rule first. 
And I do mean start with the golden rule. If you are having a conscious pain about some action that you're doing, start from the golden rule that says, what I want that done to me. Start from that basis. Please start from that basis. It doesn't have to get complicated. You just have to start from that basis. And what does that look like? It looks like you are a practitioner. You have booked a bunch of clients. Your friends say that they want to go out on a bender. We're going drinking tonight. You know that you have a client at seven um, o'clock in the morning. That client is in shambles. That client needs that appointment. But your friend says, oh, we're going drinking tonight. You should absolutely come. And you start to process and you say, well, I'm exercising self-care. Somebody cancel that appointment. Do you see how that works? Now you have to ask yourself. In reverse, you are the client. You are in shambles. Would you want your practitioner that you depend on, that you've developed a trust with? Well, that, these kinds of practitioners are not to be trusted. Anyway, would you want your practitioner that you have developed a bond with canceling your appointment because they want to go on a drinking bend? Ask yourself that question. Do you see how that works? The practitioner in that scenario is exercising self-care at the expense of the client. That's, that's so critical. Self-care at the expense of others. That's, that's just the, the boiling down of everything we spoke about yes. during this, 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 this broadcast. Your self-care cannot come at the cost of others. No, it can't, right? It's supposed to come at the service of others, not at the cost of others. And so, Honestly, I even the word service has been given a bad name because it, it, it conjures images of servitude. There's a difference between service and servitude, just so we're clear. The two words are not the same thing. Okay. So I think a lot of people tend to think of service in, in this nasty sense that says that I'm beneath people. You're not beneath people by serving them. You're not. For those of you who think that doing something good for someone is servitude, no, you're actually bolstering your character, which is the second thing that I would like to suggest. Develop an idea of what service is. And I don't mean service for gain, okay? I mean service for service's sake, right? A lot of that has just gone out of our society anymore. There's, I don't see that anywhere anymore. Everybody's looking out for number one. You realize that, Amir? Yes, yes, yeah. At the expense of everyone else. Yes, usually at the expense. And it has permeated in this community as well. So you have people who are spiritual people and so on, and they decided that I, I need to get ahead. I need to get ahead. So they employ nefarious marketing practices. Yes. Or, or even worse, David, they abuse the position of trust. And that is really unforgivable. It is really awful. Yeah. Somebody you... opens up to you, they trust you, and you're claiming to be somebody who can heal, who can advise, who can soothe. Many people just go pure dark. They go dark side. Yeah, they because they want money. <laughs> they intentionally harm the person just to extract more resources off them. So I'll give you an example. I know a practitioner. Right, this practitioner's um, practice was full of people, okay? And so she had little time for herself and so on. So instead of trying to negotiate time for herself and so on, she introduced the concept of packages. So you could buy a package, right, for an exorbitant fee. That's the only way you were guaranteed an appointment. If you didn't buy the package, nothing you may not get an appointment. And so, <laughs> look, I, I think that all of this, the stuff that we're seeing um, has a lot to do with people um, just dispensing with the honor codes. 
in these situations i honestly i can't find anything better than the golden rule because if you go by the bushido philosophy you might get caught up in trying to understand how they operate together but if you just keep it simple stupid and say yo um i don't want this done to me i'm not going to do it to someone else and you use it as a rule of thumb that would be my suggestion now really i really want to hear what you guys have to say with regard to what honor code what do you what do you follow what do you follow and 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 again there are honor codes that exist to this day that are awful so let's say in a certain part of the world um they they're very tribal if a, a woman has a relation with a man from another tribe, the honor code dictates that she must be killed, right? And the person who does this is saying, I upheld my honor. And maybe there'll even be a judge in that society which will say, okay, I understand. You did the honorable thing. Honor killings are big thing. Yeah. So there are, there are many codes that are quote unquote codes of honor that are really awful and they must be done away with, you know? So it's hard to find good codes of honor that really work and that are not complicated. So yeah, the golden rule, it, it might not be perfect, again, quote unquote perfect, but it's 90% of the job done if you just follow that one, one suggestion. Excellent, that's an excellent point because in, Canada, a few years back, we had a situation where a young lady um, went against her parents' um, um, advice and decided to marry a man of a lower station from another country. She left Canada to go to this, to be with this man because she was in love. Yeah, the parents sent an assassin after both of them to kill both of them. And when the the it's honor, right? Yeah. I can't have my daughter marrying somebody beneath, uh, below um, my station. And um, that was actually quite tragic. And the result was that the whole of the country began to look at that entire community of people with suspicion and dread. Oops. And so even to this day in Canada, people do remember their story. And I honestly believe that if, if, if people are, are, are going to be utilizing honor in this kinds of way, honor is something that is personal to yourself. It should not extend to other people, right? So it shouldn't matter what other people are doing, you are supposed to be honorable. So See? again, it, this really nicely circles back to what we talked about, for example, people working for the church, burning people, torturing people. It comes down to tribalism, to dividing people into us and them. And if they are not us, then they're fair game. And that's the honorable thing to do. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine there have been countless people, assassins for uh, the church, for example, that pride, they had pride in what they were doing, hunting down and killing and torturing innocent women for hundreds of years. So that tribalism is a problem. I think, you know, dividing people into groups where you're either with us or you're against us. Mm -hmm. That is a cause of a lot of problems. Um, and we've seen this play out in different formats, but it's the same dynamic, us versus them. So being honorable, you must look out for you, but you must extend the definition of, of, of let's say, I'm talking for myself now. <clears throat> I look out for the I am that's present now. But this definition of the I am must include everything. I am everything. I am the all. I am everybody. And now I look out for myself, which okay. includes everybody. Correct. So that would include the golden rule. I am doing to myself what I'm doing to the others. So it really requires, you know, an up in our cultural definitions, in our social definitions, legal definitions, you must think of yourself as an infinite being of the cosmos 
everything, every atom, every molecule, every string of energy is part of you. There is no separation. Now go act. Now see how your behavior changes. Correct. Towards people, towards animals, towards nature, towards your thoughts, towards your emotions, towards everything. So all these problems come from limited, small, bound egos, bound identities. That has to go. Exactly my point. All right, so guys, this has been our show for today. We want to make a few announcements before we go. The first announcement is that Amir and Nikki are going to be giving readings and services inside the app. For those of you who haven't downloaded our UCM mobile app, please do so. Inside that app is a, a, a range of resources. We put everything inside there that you guys are going to need. Um, most of the stuff is absolutely free in terms of the psychological assessments that we have inside there. We have games inside there for you. And of course, we live stream this show inside the app. So you actually don't have to go on Facebook. We gave you the um, alternative. Um, in the works and down the road, we are creating our own social media site. Uh, yeah, let me repeat that since we're streaming to Facebook. We're creating our own social media site. And we're going to be, we've already created our own video site. So for those of you who are practitioners out there who are doing good work and so on, please email us at info at universalcitizentv.com um, if you guys have content or stuff that you want to get out there. This service is not just for me, Amir, Nikki, and um, the rest of the UCM family. This is a resource that we have created for everyone. So please email us and reach out. Okay. So Amir, I'm going to let you have the last word right now. Well, this show was, was I really enjoyed this. The, the Code of Bushido, I must admit, I wasn't aware of it. And it's meticulous, it's beautiful. It and so um, we can simplify that. So bringing it down to one rule that will make it all happen naturally, including the golden rule, you must extend and expand the definition of what you are and who you are. Mm -hmm which is really the truth. You are everyone. You are everything. You are a limited being. Mm -hmm. What you do is doing to yourself is going to reverberate back at you at one point or another. So please expand your consciousness, expand your identity, and you will see the results are going to be amazing. People will enjoy your company and you will enjoy your own company. So be honorable and be kind and be ever expanding thank you so much amir for that guys you heard the man i will see you guys uh next week take thank care guys for listening and subscribing to our podcast universal citizen media is an open door network of professionals bringing relevant content to inspired people we exist for the promotion of wellness for the betterment of society and we are a free and independent media group with zero affiliations to any political or religious agendas. If you want to know more, please join us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or in our private online community at community.universalcitizentv.com.